What is going on, Wisconsin sports fans? This is the Cheese Dad Sports Podcast, a podcast about Wisconsin sports, hosted by two dads. My name's Robin, co-owner of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. And I am McQuaid, the other half of the Cheese Dads podcast, as well as co-owner of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. This is going to be one of those rare fall episodes where we actually have Brewers, Bucks, and Packers news to discuss. Start with those Brewers. Pretty big announcement made by the team today with David Stern stepping down as president of baseball operations. What was your immediate reaction to that, McQuaid? You know, I thought that when I first heard it, I thought he was stepping down and I thought he was going to the New York Mets. That was my first, my first, uh, my first thought. Uh, they, 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 they poached him somehow or they got him somehow. Um, I don't know. I think that, that Stearns has done a, a, a pretty outstanding job in his time with Milwaukee, but seeing the interviews and seeing what he said um, after the, the announcement was made, he, he kind of admitted to himself that, that when you start questioning, you know, his job requires full-time commitment. And if you when you start questioning whether or not you have that full-time commitment, then, then you know it's time to step down. And I respect that decision. I respect it. Um, I think that Matt Arnold, the, the guy to replace him, been around for a while. Um, I think that, 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 that I respect the decision, I guess I would say. Yeah, you know, I wasn't quite sure about the Mets thing. I mean, of course, that's where my, my mind went to first. Yep. But Stearns did say he's staying in Milwaukee in an advisory role with ownership to kind of oversee the transition and everything but here's the thing the man is just 37 years old you can't tell me that he's done in baseball i do think that he will end up in new york with the mets just not this year he did have one year left on his contract with the brewers i think he will serve in an advisory role this year and I will not be surprised if he is hired by the Mets next offseason. I mean, he's been connected to the Mets for, for a while now. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all. Maybe this is his way of, of trying to step back from the position and, and let someone else fill it uh, while he steps away. So um, if you are going to step away from a franchise, I do think that, that, you know, this is a pretty respectable way to do it. Um, however, I, I can't help but think that maybe Mark Anastasio has something to do with this move or, or Mark Anastasio's actions had something to do with David Stern's making this decision. So that's, there's a little, little salty taste in my mouth. Yeah. I mean, if I were Stern's, I would want to play or I would want to go to a team where the owner is willing to spend money. hundred percent. And I think that if he does end up taking that Mets job, eventually that the Mets are going to be a powerhouse for a long time. David Stearns is definitely a baseball uh, genius. The, the moves that he's made and, and what he put he put Milwaukee on the map what, four four postseasons in a row, um, which was would, uh, you know unheard of for Milwaukee Brewers baseball for decades. So um, imagine what he does with a team that spends millions and or tens and hundreds of millions of dollars on their payroll. So it's gonna be he's gonna have fun over there if he goes if he goes. Yes, I I think so. I agree. Well, they're going to be looking for a new general manager. And to be honest, I have no idea who that will be. 
They like to promote from within, but I'm not quite sure that they will. So I guess we'll just see what happens. In other Brewers news, Hunter Renfro, Colton Wong, and Willie Adamas were all named finalists for the Silver Slugger Award. Were you surprised by that? Any of those names? Um, a, a, a little bit. I think that that I think. Well, first of all, Willie Adamas he he set the the record for most home runs in a season by a Brewers uh, um, shortstop, right? Or he at least yeah. tied. So, so that one I, I definitely see. Um, Renfro had a solid year. I think that that you know I I don't know if anyone's going to win it, but I guess the, it, the nominations are 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 or the finalists I should say they're, they're relatively relatively earned. Uh, I, I don't know how much, either one of them have a chance to win it, but I'm happy for them to get nominated at least. Yeah, I was least surprised by Adamus, and to be honest, yep. I would not be surprised if he won it because of those home run numbers i was very surprised by colton wong who had a very down year and i guess i was a little surprised by renfro but not too much i guess he was he was pretty solid slightly above average in terms of hitting he hit a bunch of home runs i think that that when when renfro was henry he was he was the man but when not it was it was rough yeah yeah, it was interesting. I don't know if like the number of innings played at positions went into that at all. Kind of like the Gold Glove. Like we talked about how Christian Yelich got nominated for a Gold Glove because he was one of only three left fielders to play a thousand innings at the position. Yep. And so I'm wondering, especially in the case of Wong, if Wong was one of the few second basemen to play enough innings to be nominated for a silver slugger award because nothing about his hitting stats screams silver slugger to me. Is this something that you've noticed in the past with baseball, just in your personal opinion, have you seen players get nominated uh, consistently year after year, just because their name fits the billet, not necessarily because they, they earned it? No, not really. I think that more than anything, the DH really played into the nominations this year and the players that were nominated because a lot of players spent some quality time DHing for their respective teams or platooning or things like that. So I think that is what caused it, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, next uh, piece of Brewers news, former Brewers infielder Brock Holt has announced his retirement. I, I use that term very loosely, former Brewers out, uh, infielder. He played all of 16 games for the Milwaukee Brewers, and he hit a sterling 100 on base percentage with a 100 slugging percentage with an RBI, and famously broke his wrist sliding down Bernie's slide. <laughs> he also played for the Nationals. That was 2020, right? He also played for the Nationals that year, yep. too? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but good for him. You know, he, he had a, a, a solid career so dating back to, what was it, 2012? Yeah. That he uh, first joined, won the World Series in, in 2018. So, yeah. 
Good was an all star all star season in twenty fifteen. You know, he's he had a nice career. He accomplished more than a lot of guys do in can, their careers. So hats we can off to him. say that he's a former brewer, so we'll we'll, yeah, we'll throw yeah. him in there. <laughs> we sure can. Sure can. And then the last piece of Brewers news that was given today was that they re signed JC Magia to a minor league contract invitation to major league spring training. Of course, they signed Magia last season, but he was suspended for a lot of the year for PED violations. Kind of seems to be a trend with Brewers players. So he could end up being a key piece of the bullpen next year. Hopefully it works out, but that's a low-cost, high-reward high situation. Yeah, over 24 games, he had a, at a, at the AAA level, he had, what, a 2.76 ERA. So, I mean, he's very respectable at that level. Um, and that's another another pitching uh, farmhand, I guess you could say, that you hope that develops into something for real for the Brewers. You know, as, as, as far as they, as, as even the shortcomings this year and shortcomings in the postseason over the last four years, you can't, you can't disregard or, or scoff at the Brewers pitching farm because, Seems like they they pump out pitchers every few years, and you you get a a, a gold a golden one, um, you know more often than not. So uh, you can never you can never discredit the pitcher brewers brewing farm down there in the AAA. That's true. They got good coaching down there, so hopefully that works out for them. All right, now let's go on to the one Wisconsin team that has won a championship recently, the Milwaukee Bucks, and man, are they looking good. 3-0. and You know, they're starting the season without Pat Connaughton and Chris Middleton, and I was telling other Bucks fans that if we can just hang around in the Eastern Conference around the 4-5 and five seed up until Middleton comes back, that'll put us in a really good position. But right now, the Bucks are looking like the best team in the East without those guys. And so when they come back, oh man, that's going to be exciting. You know, starting this year off the way they have, we're three games into an 82-game season, so <laughs> expectations and, and where this team is right now, where any team is right now, is nowhere where they're going to be, um, you know, months from now. But early on, early returns, this team is driving. Giannis is, is being all-world once again. Um, this this team has a chance to do something special this year. And and this is an, uh, another example, right? They have, like you mentioned, two of their better players. What Pat, isn't Pat Connaughton one of their one of their better defensive players? But as as on top of that, they're one of their better perimeter, I should say, depth perimeter uh, uh, yeah. shooters. And one of their to... best, one of their best bench shooters. Yeah, high energy, just and, just and a he can catch solid it player, fast as as, I, as I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and then and obviously Chris Middleton, arguably the second best player on the team. You could go back and forth between him and Drew. Drew Holiday's defense and which one matters more, but point is, is he's one of the best players on the team, and you know he's going to miss what the first two or three weeks of the season projected, um, and so that means this this team won't be healthy and and to their true selves probably like a month or two into the season, depending on how long it takes Chris Middleton to drive back with the team. But the Milwaukee Bucks have a real chance to be scary good this year with how they've they started out, um, and I'm I'm very very excited for the the, the 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 expectation for this team is sky high this year. Yes, I would much rather be in our position at 3-0 and than the Lakers, who are 0-4. Sorry, Darvin Ham. 
And the Oops. Brooklyn Nets, who lost again tonight, yep. falling to a one and four. So, ooh, things are looking good in Milwaukee. Back to back, forty games, forty point games from Giannis. Guys, just out of this world. Yep. Bobby Portis is averaging a double double off the bench. Come on, that is nuts. And if he can keep that up over the course of the entire NBA season, that's your sixth man of the year. I don't care. Oh, easy day. Yes. And and I, I don't I don't know if there's a a, a you know, people are still going to love Aaron Rodgers in, in the state of Wisconsin. It's going to happen. It is what it is, you know, and Giannis, those two, right? But, man, quickly follow behind them. It's got to be Bobby Portis as, you know, the favorite athlete of the, of the state, and he earns it. They, The crowd, Milwaukee, state of Wisconsin, they love Bobby Portis, and he loves being there, and that's what I think um, the fans, you know, the fans love that. They feed off that, and, and uh, man, I love having Bobby Portis in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, too. He's probably, outside of Giannis, my favorite player. Yep. But also close up on that list is Brooke Lopez, who a lot of people were calling to be traded this offseason for salary reasons and things like that. He looked a little slow last year when he came back from a back injury. Like, duh, he came back from a back injury. And he is making a lot of people look real stupid. And it's not just the people that are attacking him at the rim. The people that doubted him. I mean, this is a guy who had five blocks in their second game, which was against the Houston Rockets, and he had six blocks against the Brooklyn Nets. In three games this season, he has 13 block shots. You know, This guy is a defensive machine. Now, he's not going to be out there on the perimeter guarding your point guards or your forwards that can you know, move around very easily. He's not nimble. He's not agile. But you put him down da- down there in the post, just I dare you to attack him. You know, people, some people may forget um, how crucial he was in that 2021 postseason run when Giannis got hurt, um, you know, and, and, and I think he was a leading scorer. I believe it was in game four or game five in Atlanta against the Hawks, and it was a pivotal game. Um, and just all year that year, how much he meant to, to that, to that championship run. And then, right. People might've forgot last year because he missed almost the whole season with his back injury and then came back. And like you said, was slow after coming back from back injury, which duh, he's going to be slow after that type, but he is starting this year red hot and showing just exactly why the, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, need him on defense and, and how much he really was missed last year. Uh, with when Middleton comes back, I don't, I really, I don't see a, a weakness on this team, uh, at least a glaring one at that. And if if Grace, Grayson Allen and and uh, you know Pat Connaughton come out and and pr- provide that perimeter three point shooting, that depth perimeter three point shooting that we maybe were missing a little bit last year, um, and then you know Holiday and Giannis lead the way as as, as you know the better defensive players on the team. I don't, and then Serge Ibaka, right? He's still on the team. He's, he's right now, Brooke Lopez is doing all of what we hope Serge Ibaka would bring a little bit of last year when he was a late, late season signing. So having them both on the team, you know, Serge, Serge Ibaka is worrying about that, that second, that second lineup. And, and I, I don't see many weaknesses for this team. I really don't either. Like right now, I think our bench depth is a little 
questionable. I like Wes Matthews' defense, but he's had a couple rough shooting nights. I think Grayson Allen is your weak link in the starting lineup. Javon Carter is definitely going to go back to the bench when Middleton comes back and he needs to. He's kind of rough offensively. But the thing is, is that the guys that are not doing well offensively, like I mentioned, Carter and Matthews, are your really good defenders too. So it kind of offsets that a little bit. So right now I would say that the bench scoring, the bench, the bench shooting is a bit of a weakness, but fortunately for the Bucks, that has not been a weakness that other teams have been able to take advantage of, and I credit that to Coach Bud's lineups, which is weird to say because he's been criticized for his lineups frequently over his tenure as the Milwaukee Bucks coach, but this year I feel like he's got a good handle on it. He, he's nailed it. I think that the the personnel we have at the depth positions provide our provide elite play at certain things, you know, like you said, defense for some and, and maybe scoring for others. And he, he's taking advantage of that. And he's, um, he, he's, he's, he's using, allowing the depth to play to their strengths rather than just throwing, throwing a, a starting five out there or a secondary five out there. Um, then that's what we saw last year during the postseason when we end up losing to, to the Celtics was, um, not the best rotation on, I mean, we're what two years removed from, from the Milwaukee Bucks winning championship and people were calling for his head last year. Um, and you know, I think that's partly fan overreaction, but also, you know, the Bucks did, did, did not seem like a very well coached team at times last year. Um, and you know, hopefully that they, they maybe coach Bud saw that, uh, learned from it or, or took some pointers from that and, and applied it this year because there's very little you can criticize about this team so far, you know, three games in the season. Yes, I agree. I mean, the last undefeated team in the NBA. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to the Packers. No trades yet. What you think on that? Expected. Uh, unfortunate expectations being met. Um, I don't. I don't know if, if Green Bay is going to make a trade. I think that everything so far has been, you know, Chase Claypool from the Steelers and and. Seems like a pipe dream. I don't think Steelers are ever going to trade him, and and uh, um, you know other names thrown out there. Either one of the the New York wide receivers. That's some. That's a trade they could realistically make. But really, how much is that going to help the team? Uh, the one name that I that I that I have seen lately was Brandon Cooks. I think over the last twenty four hours, that name has kind of surfaced as a team that, or as a name that the Texans are at least taking calls on, or teams are reaching out for. And there wouldn't be reports of teams reaching out if the Texans weren't at least listening. Um, yeah, that would be one player that I think could change this offense for the better overnight. Uh, how much better? I don't really know, but I think it would be at least a, a, a decent, a decent amount. Um, something that you would notice a difference on and, and, uh, you know, having Brandon cooks on this team, one of the most reliable wide receivers over the last half decade, I think six straight thousand yard receipt or thousand yard reception seasons and, and, um, done it with, with, with put together quarterbacks that you've never heard of or have never played since. And, um, you know, the contract thing you'd have to work out, obviously just sign that two year extension. I think it was $40 million or 30 something million dollars. So you have to work that out with maybe Houston paying, you know, the brunt of that this year. 
Um, but other than that, I, I don't, unless there's a name on there that we don't know about as fans, which is very possible. Um, I don't see many other players on the trade block making an actual difference to this offense that we might, we think we might need. I agree. And I guess you could say it's disappointing, especially when you see other teams that have lost key players to injury, go out and make deals and trades and things like that. Like the Jets lost Brees Hall to an injury and went out and traded for James Robinson right away. The Chiefs lost a wide receiver. They made a trade right away as well. And it's just kind of frustrating as a Packers fan um, just to see that that go down. But you also have to realize that the Packers don't run their organization with the same philosophy as other teams do, for better or for worse. But right now as fans see that we're three and four and struggling with on offense specifically it's just kind of it's just kind of a bummer but Zach Cruz of uh, Packers Wire made an excellent point on Twitter today you know last year the Packers went into Arizona without Devontae Adams or MVS, or Alan Lazard, and put out a really bad wide-receiving core. And they won that game because Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon got 38 touches apiece, and Aaron Jones was the leading target getter, I guess you could say. He was the most targeted receiver on the Packers with 11 targets. And we won that game. The Packers could trot out a wide receiving core on Sunday against the Bills that is better than the wide receiving core they trotted out against Arizona. I mean, Sammy Watkins, Dubs, Watson if he's healthy. Like, the pieces are there. They just need to get the running backs the ball. Like, it's a proven recipe for success in this offense, but their hubris is keeping them from doing it, and they need to stop that. You know, we're we're gonna see exactly what what Matt Lafleur and and really Matt Lafleur is made out of. He know we're we're far enough into the season that he knows what this team is good at and what their team is good isn't good at. Specifically, what this team can improve on and get better at, and what they just—they're not going to be able to do in the year 2022. Um, and he needs to exp- use that to his advantage. This is this hostile environment. This is the best team in the league we're, that we're going up against in the Buffalo Bills. If we fall tonight, you know, Tampa Bay just lost tonight. They lost at home tonight to the Baltimore Ravens. Or they're a good team, the Baltimore Ravens. But I mean, they're they're trotting out a wide receiving core that isn't much much better than ours, uh, and they might be even worse than ours. Um, and they just went into Buff- went into Tampa Bay and, and and beat Tom Brady to make the Bucks fall to three and five. And and in no way am I saying that's the nail in the coffin for for the Buccaneers season. However, it may feel like that for some Buccaneers fans and even some Buccaneers players. And if we go outside Sunday night and just get humiliated on national television, fall to three and five, that may feel like the quote unquote nail in the coffin for the season for the Packers. But if they don't, if they 
hang with the Buffalo Bills or they win, that could easily turn turn around this season. And uh, we can have you know one of those run the table type moments this season or whatever phrase you want to use. Relax, you know, moments. Um, and then I, I put put an article up on on Wisconsin Sports Heroics about an hour or two ago. Um, Aaron Rodgers, per, per Mercedes Lewis, Aaron Rodgers kind of taking a little different approach this this week ahead of the Buffalo Bills game, being more intrusive, being more questioning to his guys in the wide receiving room and, and uh, offense in general. Um, I think there, there's definitely a feeling in Green Bay that, that this is a, a, a season, possible season-altering week this week. And, and uh, hopefully they're, they're addressing it as such. But yes, like you said, Matt LaFleur needs to utilize his best players, which means get the ball to Aaron Jones 25-plus times at least. Um, and and uh, don't – yeah, get Aaron Jones the ball. You know, I'm really hoping for a Packers win, of course. That being said, I'll be happy if they're competitive. Like, if they lose, but the final score is like, I don't know, 30 to 28 or something like that, and the offense puts together some drives, and it was just the Bills' offense was too much for our defense, which is nothing against our defense. The Bills are fantastic. But if we go out there, fall three and five, but we put up a fight, I'll still feel pretty good about it. I think that that's, I mean, I hate to reference it, but we saw what the Josh Hader trade did to the Brewers locker room or what is widely perceived as what happened to the Brewers locker room after that trade happened. The morale and the, and the cohesiveness of a locker room means more than we may realize as fans. And if they win this game or they or they go out and you know whoever has the ball last is the winner type type of type of football game and if that is Josh Allen I think that that could bring this locker room together or or, or at least at the very least put confidence in this locker room and uh, that's the biggest takeaway that I want from 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 this game um, and, and this this is it like this is cards on the table this is this is. Probably, uh, playoffs aside, obviously, this is probably the biggest game of Matt LaFleur's head coaching career so far in Green Bay. Um, not only to save the season, but to win ever for the first time, uh, for the Packers franchise to win for the first time ever in Buffalo uh, with their 0-6 all-time, but then save the season or or seemingly save the season. If they win in Buffalo, they can, they can win every single game remaining on the schedule, and that's what's got to be their mindset after, after the Sunday night. I completely agree with you. I feel like if they pull up this, if they pull off this upset, the rest of the NFL just better watch out because yep. a confident Aaron Rodgers is the most dangerous Aaron Rodgers. Very true. And you know, we've seen, we've seen. It wasn't too long ago. Was it last year or the year before? I think it was the year before when the Miami Dolphins started one and seven, and I think they ended the year set, uh, eight and eight. Like seven and one, like, whew, what a turnaround! You just got to start stacking those victories, and if they can start stacking victories with a win in Buffalo, man, that would be phenomenal, and it'd be so great to sit in our living rooms in February, reminiscing about how stupid we were for doubting the Packers for five weeks in October. 
Um, and I hope at, it happens. I hope you, it happens. You look at the the you know um, the the NFC as a whole. You know, you really you really. I mean, it's it's wide open. You got a losing record for NFC South. You got the Minnesota Vikings. You know, two games ahead of us, but you got the Seattle Seahawks as the leaders of the West. And then you know, I think it's everyone's a little bit surprised about the East with. Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles all being five and two, six and one, and six and zero. Oh. However, I don't think that's gonna last. To be honest with you, so the the wild card, well, wild they card. gotta they gotta all play each other too. Yep, I don't think exactly. there's been very many division games in that in that in that division yet. So that's gonna yep. even out a little bit. And uh, so the you know say the 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 division gets away from us somehow this the nfc is is, is kind of wide open and once you get in the playoffs and you have aaron Rodgers, you know i i think that we've seen over the last few years that home field advantage doesn't really mean much for green bay so whether it's home field no. advantage or not they no. will go on the road they will play at home and they will have aaron Rodgers at quarterback and, and i was i was i was gonna say too that first round bye has not been kind i i <laughs> I would almost rather go in as a wild card. Yep. Just to keep the flow going. I agree. I mean, so, we've seen them take a week off and then not come out very hot. So, yeah. Take a different approach this year. You know, of course you want to win every game, but I'm just saying I would not be disappointed with a wild card if it means we get the Super Bowl. Because, of course, that is the ultimate, ultimate goal. Yep. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a question for you, Robin. I'm going to throw you, put you on the spot. Do you think that if Green Bay misses the playoffs this year, do you think Aaron Rodgers retires? Not a chance. No? No, not a okay. chance. I don't think he'll retire because he, he doesn't want to go out like that, you know. He cares very much about legacy and things like that. Even though he says he doesn't, he does. But I do think that if they win the Super Bowl, he will consider retiring. I'm not even too convinced that he would. I, In any case, I hope he doesn't just because the cap situation is much worse if he retires than if he very, actually plays. Very true. So... I hope that they win the Super Bowl and he decides to come back and win another one. Because that would be the best case scenario. 100% let's go with some back-to-back Super Bowl victories. Um, yeah, know, and then, and then uh, he can go out like Elway. Yep, there you go. Um, I don't know, man. I'm kind of concerned. I'm kind of, I think that, that if there is already, you know, everyone talks about everyone talks about retirement, so we're not, we're not going to focus on those comments that he's made, right? But, um, if there is a, a thought in his mind about retirement and this season ends brutally, sub 500, missing the playoffs, what have you, um, and, and, and then he says, he's made the comments before, you know, these, these rookie wide receivers may have an impact on how long he plays. Um, yeah, obviously, Romeo Dubs, he's, he, or Romeo Dobbs, he's, he's, he's been a home run so far. The, 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 Word is still out on Christian Watson, even though we like what we've seen when we've seen it. Um, you know, if he doesn't feel like this team is going to be competitive next year, he could walk. And, and I'm, I'm a little nervous about that because you're right. You, you know, whether or forget, you know, just the quarterback play 
in general for one second, you know, the, the cap hit that we're going to take 40, 50 million dollars on the cap, like when, if, if he retires or, 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 or what have you, I just, that's going to be brutal for any team to try to recover from. Yeah. I mean, the Packers did it to, to themselves though. 100%. So, yep. You know, it is what it is. And, can't really do or say much about it because you know it's his life can do what he wants and the packers better hope that they can get a good starting quarterback in here after him whether it's next year or the year after i'm feeling less and less like it's going to be jordan love because you know in order to keep jordan love they almost have to pick up a an option here pretty soon. And if you still are paying Aaron Rodgers, or you at least have a cap hit of tens of millions of dollars, the the fifth year option of a quarterback is around $20 million. And I just can't see them tying up 70 to $80 million in the quarterback position. Especially for, yeah, I, I, it's going to be real frustrating to see. Uh, Unless Jordan Love turns into the next Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers type of of um, you know era, it's going to be real frustrating to see what happens. I don't think that we're going to get. I don't. Think there's any way we're going to get a first round draft pick in return for a trade for Jordan Love. I think that's completely impossible. Um, so it's going to be a loss of a of a of a of a draft pick one way or another. Um, and then we're going to, have to be, you know, if Aaron Rodgers hangs it up the year after that, or even two years after that, we're going to be back to the drawing board. Because you're right, we're not going to tie up seventy million dollars in two, in two uh, uh, positions or, or two players, even if they are quarterbacks. So you you give up, you know, a possible ten to fifteen year career with Jordan Love, which granted, okay, that's that's pretty high expectations, but still, right, for maybe two more years, one or two more years with Aaron Rodgers to try and win a Super Bowl. And if you don't, then you're looking at a huge mistake in general, right? And then if Jordan Love goes on to be successful somewhere else, you're looking – it's just – the Packers have put themselves in a really, really difficult scenario. At the time, I think many people somewhat understood the pick just because of how Aaron Rodgers had performed the previous two years and the losing seasons and him possibly retirement, all that stuff, right? I, I get that. But hindsight's always twenty twenty, And in the NFL, hindsight – says more than 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 intentions in the moment whether that's fair or unfair so we're gonna see how this plays out yeah it's gonna be one of those things that you know trying to predict what's gonna happen just is not gonna work because Aaron Rodgers is the most unpredictable person in the NFL in terms of what he's thinking or things like that so just enjoy the ride enjoy him while he's here Hopefully that's for another year or two. And if it's not, well, he's done a lot more for the Packers than a lot of other quarterbacks have done for their team. So, you know, I think that that's something as Packer fans we take for granted is that, you know, we have a Super Bowl in our lifetime. A lot of teams don't. Hello, Chicago. Hello, Minnesota. Hello, Detroit. So... Just got to keep it going. And if he does retire, they'll figure it out. Maybe they'll sign Lamar Jackson. 
Hey, I did an article on that too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Shameless plug. There you go. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us Wisconsin sports fans. Uh, again, my name is Robin. You can follow me on Twitter at the other Robin 19 and you can find my written work on Wisconsin sports heroics and gridiron heroics. And I am McQuaid. You can follow me on Twitter at McQuaid W Arnold or go follow our Facebook page, Wisconsin sports heroics. We post our content there daily, every, excuse me, hourly every single day. All right. Stay kind Wisconsin sports fans. We're all, we just all want the Packers to win. Just stay kind.